Support for WIPR's podcasts comes from Brightview Senior Living. Since 1999, Brightview has proudly served Greater Baltimore with vibrant, independent living, assisted living, memory care, and enhanced care. Find a community near you at brightviewseniorliving.com. So I moved to Baltimore about seven years ago, and I was a teacher here in the city at Canton Middle School. So I was a sophomore in college, and I was really surprised that they let me do it. Go ahead to the office, and while you're there, tell him every mean thing you've done to me since the first day of school. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Stoop Storytelling Series podcast. I'm Jessica Hankin. And I'm Laura Wexler. And this week on the podcast, Rookie Teachers. In honor of all the teachers returning to classrooms, we have three stories from first-time teachers. But before we get into our stories, we have a special guest in the studio with us today. She is one Charlotte Sabelski, who happens to be my daughter. Don't hold it against her. And she is a rising ninth grader at Baltimore City College, City Forever. Apparently, I'm not allowed to say that because I didn't actually go there. Um, And she would like to share a story, a memorable story about a teacher she had in middle school. Yeah, so it was a sixth grade health teacher who, for some reason, took it upon himself to tell us a story about dishonesty. So he had two friends who were bodybuilders, and they were married. And one day, the male bodybuilder, the husband, came home early from the gym to find his wife in bed with another man. And this is a story that was very interesting for a bunch of prepubescent 11-year-olds. Yeah. And so what happened? We were all just like shocked. No, what happened to, what did the guy do when he saw his wife? Oh, we didn't receive that part of the story, but I'm assuming that the marriage ended. Oh. Brutally. Wow. So I feel like you really you really got a, a lot of educational value out of the story. Of these oh, yes. Books. This was also like an old man, like <gasps> not bald, a rookie teacher, balding, you know, like glasses, croaky voice. I love the detail of um, the uh, bodybuilders. Body <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a health class. You yeah. know, he's keeping it real. Do you think that was written in his lesson plan? <laughs> no, he, he liked to go off on a lot of twists and turns. And he never never really made it back to the point of all of these <laughs> random stories. Sixth grade health is just also so awkward to begin with. Yeah. I mean, he would talk a lot about, like, when we were talking about grief and sadness, he told us a story about his dog that died. And it was like a long, drawn-out story of this dog's, like, brutal death, like how he was getting sicker and sicker until they finally put him down. And he was, like, crying. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, that actually, I think, is... That story, I think, you know, you could make a connection with as a child, although it would probably disorient you for the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah. So you see your teacher yeah. crying. Yeah, yeah. but well, the that wasn't that one. wasn't that wasn't the first time I'd seen a teacher cry. <laughs> oh, yeah. My third grade teacher was crying about a bird flying into her windshield when she was driving. Oh, yeah, I could understand that. Did too. any teachers cry as a result of the behavior of your classroom? I'm sure. Not not that I can remember. Maybe it was too painful and traumatic, so I blocked it out of my memory. Okay. Well, do you have any words of advice since we this is our back-to-school issue? Do you have any words of advice for first-time teachers? Don't go crazy. <laughs> well said. And I will say the same to you, rising ninth grader. Do not stress. Why All right. me? Now we're on with the rest of the episode. So our first story, 
Jessica, I know you want to introduce this one. This story I've been trying to get on the podcast for many years, and for whatever reason, it, it, it just kept on just not fitting with the theme, but now it absolutely does. So this is a story from a friend of ours um, who shared this story at a very early Stoop show at Center Stage um, before this person really was a friend of ours. We just, we knew her around town. And um, and this is the story of their <laughs> first year teaching in Baltimore City Public Schools. Um, so please give a listen to Carmen Brock. Woo! So I moved to Baltimore about seven years ago and I was a teacher here in the city at Canton Middle School. So I had a lot of firsts when I was a teacher there, and so I'm going to tell you two of them. And I did sort of write on my piece of paper to clear these words that I'm about to say to you by these two to make sure that that was okay. So um, my my first period class, I'm at Canton Middle School, I'm teaching seventh grade language arts, and a student whose name I will not mention Um, walked into the room and picked up a chair, throws it across the room, and I was like, do I? So I um, (laughs) said, excuse me, um, can I do, is there, can I help you with something? (laughs) And she said to me, no lie, she goes, fuck off, Ms. Brock. And I was like, oh oh my God, this is my first year class. Um, so I was like, you know, I just had this whole philosophy though, I'm not, I'm going to be super nice to my students. Of course, this had nothing to do with me. I mean, of course, this had to do, she was a twin, I have the actual story of this, she was a twin. She had found out just that morning, of course, that she had not passed on to the next grade, but her twin had. It sucked. I mean, total sucked. I may have done the same thing. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) Oh, just kidding. And then, um... So I'm going to come back to that in a second, but my second first was I had this student who, this is also during my first year of teaching, um, who no one, no teacher liked this student, and it made sense. He was <laughs> so horrible. He was so awful, but again, he had a lot of things going on. So um, most teachers would send this student down to my room during their period when they had it because... He actually did pretty, he was, he did pretty decent in my room, so I was fine to have him. So, there was one time when he was not so decent in my room, and he was sitting there when he should have been in social studies, and so I said, hey, student, um, could you just, if you could just get on page 95, like the rest of us, if you could do that, that would be awesome. And he goes, Miss Brock, put my balls in your mouth and make you eat them. Balls 
in my mouth and make me even all the students are like, oh, Miss Bronson falls over. <laughs> so, so I just sent him out of the classroom for a second to get himself together. <laughs> but I do want to come back around to the first student. The beauty of the story really is on the last day of school, my first year of teaching. The art teacher at Kent Middle School, who was amazing, um, had their students paint furniture, and she painted a chair and gave it to me. Yeah, I think I think the story is definitely made so much better by her accent. Yes. And her slowly repeating what the student wanted her to do. Um it's such an endearing story, but it's definitely a just like a a, a morsel of the plas- classroom management stuff that you know any first year teacher has to deal with. Do you have a first year teaching? Um, I don't think I need to go in. Like I, we could do like <laughs> two hours days worth of um, my first year teaching was. Was I mean, I think everyone's first year teaching is it's supposed to be very, very hard. Yeah. And then the idea is that you do the same content over and over again and you become an expert teacher and um, and then you block out all the memories of your first year teaching. So which that's is where you are right now. What I've done is um, through uh, deliberate therapeutic processes, I will not be talking about my first year of teaching. Support for WIPR's podcasts comes from Catholic Charities. Celebrating its centennial in 2023, Catholic Charities is the largest private provider of social services in Maryland. Learn more about this movement to change lives at cc-md.org. So this next story by Elizabeth Norman, also a rookie teacher, Mm -hmm. and... This was told at the Museum of Industry. She was an audience storyteller, and it was just this very funny story of how she casually became a classroom teacher, un, like basically unintentionally, um, and that she was left with no guidance or supervision or lesson plan to speak of. So she just took what was around her and utilized it as best as she could. <laughs> so take a listen to Elizabeth Norman. Hi. So this story is about uh, the first time that I substitute taught at a school. Um, So I was a sophomore in college, and I was really surprised that they let me do it. (laughs) So I was like, you know that I'm not even done yet, right? And they were like, listen, we really need someone to come in here. So I substitute taught at a small Episcopal school here in Baltimore. And I was substitute teaching for music and world religions, which was a very interesting experience at an elementary school. It was made more interesting by the fact that the teacher that I was substituting for had not left the key to any of the music CDs in his class, nor the boombox. I had no way of playing music for the children because I cannot read music. I was like, Oh, oh no. He had provided a couple of um, picture books for me to read to the kids, and I was like, we are going to read these as slowly as possible. (laughs) And so I got through that, but then I had to teach world religions to the third grade. And in a similar vein, he did not leave notes for me to work with. What he had written down was, you know, 
the third grade has been reviewing the differences between the main five world religions. They're written up on the board. Just go over it with them and write down what they say. Yeah. That's a fraught situation to go into anyway. So I went in there and I was like, all right, I guess let's start with what do we know about Judaism? One child raised her hand and said, um, excuse me, Jews don't care about Jesus? <laughs> Which set the children off. They had never heard something like that, and that was a personal affront. They were like, what? You cannot... Somebody doesn't care about Jesus. Like, it was very, most of the kids were very upset, but also, like, she was Jewish, and I was like, that's kind of true. Um, so you, I guess you can write that on the board, say it a little nicer. Um, but then the next kid was like, sorry, excuse me, this is, again, the third grade. Didn't Hitler kill all the Jews? Whoa! Um, first off, no. Second off, who told you that? Like, <laughs> what is going on? And then from there, all these kids are raising their hands. They're being like, my cat is a Christian. It's like, no, probably not. Like, um, what's the difference between a Nazi and a Nazi? Uh, that was another problem. I was like, honestly, at this point, everyone take a nap. Uh, everyone put your head down at your desk. We're taking a nap. I was almost in tears. I was really upset. I was just like, I don't know how I'm going to deal with any of this. But I didn't have a break in the day, so the next thing I had to do was go out to recess with the second grade. And I was out at recess. I was like kind of a little bit beside myself, trying to hold it together to be in front of the children. Um, <laughs> maybe I can make it just through this day. And I did. And I've actually now been, this has been my first year teaching at that school as the art teacher. So I've made it almost all the way through to the end of the year. Um, and I work here too, actually, by the way. But, <laughs> but it's been really good. I've been working it out. Thank you. Yes, yeah, so as we're recording this podcast, administrators are scrambling to hire teachers, right? Teacher shortage positions still not being filled. Yeah. So I'm one of those administrators and I have, um, yeah, I, I mean, I've never had to hire this many new teachers. And now, you know, the frantic hiring has shifted to like, oh my God, how am I going to get them prepared? You know, and, yeah. um, and that's happening throughout the country and not to go off on a tangent, but it's because our educational system needs to be recognized in a more robust way financially and just on a social justice level, I think. Anyway, okay. I digress. No, you don't de digress. <laughs> so actually, what I'm realizing with this show is, all, this episode, rather, all three of these stories were audience storytellers. So for those of you who have not been to a live Stoop event, what that means is that for our main stage events, which we have more of in this upcoming season, we're so excited that we're kind of returning to some level of normalcy. But um, we now have- Now that you've said that, there uh, will be no normalcy. No, no, come on. I don't believe that. I believe now that whatever you put into the universe, you get out of the universe. And I'm putting in that we're having main stage shows again, which means we have curated- uh, storytellers. Um, we've been working with them, seven folks who know exactly or roughly exactly, you know, where they want to go with their stories the night of. And then that at the same event, we draw the names of three people from the crowd who just come up and just share this story off the cuff. And sometimes it goes so well. And this 
podcast episode is uh, um, an example of that, three examples of that. So this last storyteller is Kelly. I don't even know her last name because it was an audience storyteller from 13 years ago. Wow. Yeah. And it is um, a great first-year teacher story um, told from the point of view of uh, an expert teacher who's been in, in the biz for a long time. So take a listen. I'm going to tell you a little story about the day I think I started to become an adult. So I was the kind of kid in school who was just about perfect. You know, I sat there like this. I was Miss Goody Two-Shoes. Still am, kind of. And... Um, I decided I wanted to become a teacher. Thank you, Miss Rickmers, my third grade teacher. She inspired me, and I never changed my mind. And I went to college and got my degree and got a job right away, 1986, and taught fifth grade, and they thought it would be a great idea to um, put me with the toughest group. And it was 12 boys and seven girls, and one kid was tougher than the next. Every Friday, my principal, who looked a lot like Yosemite Sam, um, would come into the classroom after I left at like 7 or 8 o'clock at night and write me a long note about my week and say, you know, I came by, I really liked your bulletin board, um, I really liked the lesson that you did in science, and it was really encouraging. But the days were tough. And the week before Thanksgiving, it was an especially hot week in November, and I think my classroom was about 110 degrees. And the kids were off the hook. And I just had about had it at about 2.30. I was completely pitted and um, in a very unpleasant way. And children were not staying in their seats. And at 21, the words, what the hell do you want from me, flew out of my mouth. <laughs> and um, for a goody two-shoes, that was pretty shocking. And I stopped, and every kid stopped. And then one of my favorites jumped up and said, you said a cuss word. You are not allowed to say a cuss word, and I'm telling the principal. I was like looking at him. He's like, I am going right to the principal's office. You are not allowed to cuss in school. I know that to be true. And I hesitated for a minute, and I marched over to the door, and I threw it open, and I said, go ahead to the office, and while you're there, tell him every mean thing you've done to me since the first day of school. <laughs> and the kid said, I don't want to go. And I said... Oh, you're going. And he said, I don't want to go. Please, please let me stay. I said, all right, get back in your seat. So he sat down, and um, the bell rang for the end of the day, and I knew that I had to go and tell the principal what I had done. So I went in the office. I was tearful in my um, Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm way. And I went in and I said, you know, something really terrible has happened and I have to tell you what's happened. And I got more and more upset and he just came over to the desk in his Yosemite Sam way and sat down and, you know, put his hand out like you sit down too. And I sat down and he kind of leaned in and he said, tell me what happened. And I said, oh, it's terrible. And 
you know, I just, I have to tell you because I know the parents are going to call. And it's just, and he said, tell me, I said, I said something bad, really bad. <laughs> and he said, what did you say? I said, well, you know, it was like 110 degrees in there, and you know the group I have, and they just, like, wouldn't cut me a break. I just, he's like, no, tell me what you said. And I said, I said, what the hell do you want from me? And he went, with that group, I would have said, fuck, by Halloween. (laughs) And what he said and I think that day I grew up a little bit and um, (laughs) today was um, the end of my 30th year and um, and um, I want to say to Elizabeth I can't see her out there but there are a lot of teachers like me who do care and it broke my heart to hear your story, but I want to tell you there are a lot of people out there who do care and have been doing it for a long time. And I want to thank Don Daly, who was my Yosemite Sam, who has kept me going. Thanks. Yeah, I don't want no substitute, no substitute now. I just wanna be with you, wanna be with you. I myself taught. Um, when I was a graduate student, I had a, you know a job teaching English 101 to um, to freshman students at the University of Kansas, and um, I had never taught any kind of like any anything really except I was a counsel, a camp counselor. I taught sailing, not well, crashed boats into docks, etc. But what I had to realize (laughs) was that when someone turns in like a two-page essay, don't give them three pages of comments back. (laughs) That's not a good look. So yeah, that's that's what I learned as a first-time teacher. And we want to thank you all for listening. And we want to let you know that on September 22nd, The Stoop, that's us, and um, the Johns Hopkins School of Public Health, are partnering with Enoch Pratt to present a free show at the Enoch Pratt Central Branch at 7 p.m. And the show is called Hidden in Plain Sight, stories about the powerful and often invisible public health forces that shape our lives. And so what we are going to have are lots of stories about things in everyday life that are actually health issues and that are really, really huge forces in shaping people's health and their opportunities and their possibilities. But often they're so part of just everyday life that you don't see them unless you unless you really are looking. So please join us Thursday, September 22nd for a free show at 7 p.m. You can go to our website, stoopstorytelling.com and click on the show and then there'll be a link to register. We hope to see you in person for that and then we will meet you back here for the next episode of the Stoop Storytelling Series. Thanks for listening. I don't want no substitute, no substitute now.